0: The Rigor Gambling Feed is back every Monday. Join myself, Joe House, Raheem Palmer, and John Droshebski for East Coast Bias. Sunday's action recap, and our favorite bets for Monday Night Football. Then on Tuesday, we got the Roster Diamond Show, where I'll break down everything you need to know in the betting world. Plus, the East Coast Bias Boys will be back on Thursday to help you get your betting card sorted ahead of all the NFL action. And then on Fridays, it's me back with Warren Sharp, deep diving into the analytics. So be sure to subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast.
1: It's The Mismatch, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 20 on plus and present in select states or 18 plus in DC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV.
0: Welcome to the Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Thursday night from the ringer.com is Kevin O'Connor, aka Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Cammer, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Blizarian, Kevin O'Sphere, Kevin O'Burno!
1: It's Thursday night in the NBA. How are you doing?
0: Man, we have had a lot go on since we oh, last yeah. spoke. We have uh, a, now, we are... <laughs> a lot of drama. We are recording this as the Clippers and the Warriors are facing off. Interestingly enough, uh, the Warriors with a new starting lineup tonight, Curry and Thompson, along with Pods, Kaminga and Looney, Andrew Wiggins sent to the bench uh and so everybody's trying to see what they're going to look like and how they're going to handle life without Draymond Green which is of course the biggest subject of the week um I was just watching an NBA TV Game Time segment with Jamal Crawford, Isaiah Thomas and Matt Weiner about the it, it, they they came in after I watched uh Kerr's pregame press conference and of course the whole thing is about Draymond And it's about, we need to get Draymond help. And this is about life after basketball. And, you know, there's just no specifics on how long they are going to be without Draymond Green. They are taking the tact of, it's not, there doesn't need to be a timeline on this. This is about a guy healing, about a guy getting better and about a guy, you know, kind of being able to recover his, the legacy and keep playing basketball and then life after basketball because he's obviously got problems. And this all kind of started with the problems thing with Nurkic after he got slugged saying, I don't know what's up with that, dude. This guy's got, you know, this this guy's got something going on here. Um, He has been out for eight games already this year, uh, either with suspension, injury or personal reasons. Uh, this has been a very struggling team after starting 5-1. and one, They lost, what, 12 of their last 17. And what do you make of us being in this situation now where Draymond Green just has an in, indefinite suspension from the NBA? So for the Warriors side of things, let's
1: just start there. Like, with yeah. the indefinite side. the The opportunity to look at some of these young guys could be a blessing in disguise for Steve Kerr in that same game where Draymond got thrown out we saw Klay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins not close the game we saw Kerr go with the younger guys to close that game which is something that Warriors fans have been asking for for a long time to give Moody and Pods and Kaminga more consistent opportunities so no Draymond for a certain amount of time. This could be the opportunity where Kerr has no choice but to, to give these guys heavy minutes. And we'll see how it plays out, but they've been good with the chances they've been provided. So I think that's, that's a, like that's, that's the first thing I'm thinking about. If I'm a Warriors fan right now, like, oh, great. We're going to get to see the young guys. The, the, from the Draymond side of things, like clearly that dude needs help. Right. Like, I think, like, you mentioned the Kerr quote with him saying it's about more than basketball. It's about helping Draymond, the one who choked Rudy Gobert, (laughs) the one who punched Jordan Poole. That's the guy who needs to change. He's listing all the things he's done, the one who stomped on (laughs) Sabonis. Like, it's happened a lot in the past year. It's been very, very frequent. Clearly, like, he had a quote to Ramona Shelburne in a piece that went out a couple hours ago where he's like, You can't reach the level I have without knowing how to control your emotions. Well, he's not doing a good job of that the past year. So you hope for him and you hope for the Warriors that it's a wake-up call to get an indefinite suspension. The other side of it is like I don't know why the NBA just doesn't say twenty five games. Instead, they're just going with indefinite. Like, what does that mean? What's with these vague suspensions? Like with John last year. Well, we saw that with John. He has a a checklist. Like, what's with the vagueness? I wish they would just pick a number uh, that that feels like uh, more than just a little slap on the wrist. Right now, who knows what it's going to be?
0: Well, and here's the other thing: everybody acting like this is. This has always been Draymond Green. Yeah, but it's been so a-
1: much more regular, Chris, and so no, much more extreme the past this year. This is
0: because he knocked out his teammate. It is. Yeah, but and he knocked out his teammate. they didn't and- do and- anything about yes. it. They didn't do anything about it. So you think so- so
1: think because he, they didn't do anything about that, now he's like, I can do whatever I want.
0: I think the NBA is saying you can't be trusted with this player you can't because nothing you did you are you have enabled this behavior rather than punish this behavior and not only did you knock the guy out you gave him the 100 million dollar contract and jettisoned the other guy out and so when you team that up with stomping sabonis when you team that up with but look bro there's, there's highlight reels going on. You, you've seen the mixtapes. Of course, there's, they're there's, hilarious. Th- this, isn't, this isn't from a year. I know, this but is that's kicking but- Stephen Adams in the nuts. This is hitting LeBron James in the groin. This is getting so many flagrant fouls that he is kicked out of the 2016 finals. That's seven years ago.
1: But this like, is more frequent than ever before and more extreme.
0: Just because like, he's done ha- it twice in the first twenty games.
1: Yeah, and and last year with Sabonis and with Jordan Poole. It's a lot in the yeah. past year. It's a lot.
0: But you're I right. This is, is, is
1: but you're right. This is always who he's been. You're right. But he you're right. It's just they're taking It's, it it's just escalating. Hands. It's escalating yes.
0: more. Well, and it's in the spotlight because he knocked out his teammate. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like that happened. And they didn't do any they didn't even suspend him. I still can't believe that actually happened. Can you can, can you believe they didn't suspe- I mean, you know, in retrospect, even. I mean they and then he was back for the regular season. Crazy. Last year. <laughs> and so it's like, all right, you guys aren't going to like so this whole like we just need him to get better. Oh, save it. Seriously. Save it. Well, the he had the Steve whole Amazon Kerr, thing last the, year. The, <laughs> the, the Steve Kerr sitting up on the podium <laughs> with his grand concern about this guy as a human. And this is, you know, I know him. And, you know, he like he's like this. Like, uh, oh, this is, this is about, you know, needing to get him help or whatever. Bro, they, there's a video from inside your facility of him knocking out a teammate.
1: And they made a whole documentary about it.
0: Save it. (laughs) Save it, bro. Like, you're the guy that I've got to listen to talk about how everybody just needs to, you know, Draymond just needs to get better, you know, and and whatever amount of time it takes, like, then that's the amount of time it takes. And it's like, oh, God, you cannot be serious. It's
1: it's almost as if, like, uh, lack of discipline might be an issue. Oh with my Gold God! The Golden State Warriors. Wiggins is gone for four months last year. Draymond's punching teammates. <laughs> oh boy! Well,
0: and it, it all just it all just boils me too, as as someone who covered the playoff series where he said Dylan Brooks broke the code. He just broke the code. <laughs> he coaches Draymond Green, who stomps people, kicks people, chokes people, and knocks out his own teammates. Like, I mean, this, like, and and now, like, that I need to have a pity party for Draymond Green. He's an adult. He's yeah. an adult. He's not a kid figuring things out. You know, there, there, I, I, he, this guy's been a veteran in the league for a long time, and he's been doing this crap forever. He's been doing it since the beginning of time. And it was celebrated.
1: Okay, so we we know that in all likelihood, Draymond, whenever he comes back, whether it's after 10 games, 12 games, 25 games, whenever he comes back, if he comes back to the Warriors, that he's probably going to continue doing this type of stuff at some point in the future. For the Warriors, is it at the point where it's just not worth it to have him around considering his offensive decline? And he's not quite peak levels defensively. He's still very, very good. Still a high-level defender, but not all-time great level peak that he was at prior. Is it it worth it for them at this point? We talk about Clay. What about Draymond?
0: So I I think this is super fascinating. Tim Kawakami, who's the outstanding columnist who's been writing in the Bay Area forever, actually wrote a column about this. Uh, the title of the article is on The Athletic. The NBA is sick and tired of Draymond Green, which should get the Warriors thinking about an exit. And one of the things he says in the article is the NBA is now taking a step, right? You've got the flagrant fouls with the, possible, with the points, which possibly cost him a title. They didn't do anything to him after he berated Kevin Durant very publicly well in a game we were all watching on national TV. They didn't do anything after he knocked out his teammate. They didn't do anything after he stomps a bonus. They didn't do anything after he choked Rudy Gobert. And now he slugs Nurkic. And it's like, okay, <laughs> they're going to they're they're gonna step in. There's a trend here and it says it's recurring more rapidly and louder every day. And it's not likely headed towards an upbeat conclusion for anybody. The NBA is giving out increasingly severe signals. Draymond either isn't listening to them or doesn't have the temperament to pay them heed on the court, and the cycle is speeding up. It's more than obvious the NBA is sick of dealing with Draymond. The league has been sick of it for a while. This suspension feels like less than a subtle message to the Warriors. Maybe you weren't sick of him when he did all of these different things that I just mentioned, but will the Warriors get sick of dealing with the NBA being this utterly sick and tired of Draymond and suspending him? And waiting to suspend him again and again and again and again, and then it goes on and it says, "There's many that believe uh, reasons to believe in Draymond. He usually apologizes for every transgression. He's been a pillar of a basketball court. He's been very close to Curry, and I've always said what's good for Curry is good for the Warriors. But however long this suspension lasts, the league seems to be setting up a potential season-long suspension." The next time he crosses the line, mm-hmm. yeah, and it, after it, it's that, even
1: towards it, moving would it even
0: it. matter how long the suspension goes there? Uh, that goes for for anybody else. You could see that the threat of dousing a future Hall of Famer at thirty three would be more than enough to end this kind of behavior. But for Draymond, I don't think anybody, not even Draymond, can say that the threat of career implosion would halt any of this. It hasn't before. And this, and he says, I like Draymond. I've covered Draymond. Uh, I was there when Draymond, you know, had the groin thing with the uh, with the uh, LeBron. I was there with the Steven Adams thing. I was there through all of all of that different stuff. And one of the things that was super fascinating was he said in his article, and this is a guy that he likes the guy. He said that he does not believe that he will change that it's just who he is and you can i mean i guess they're going to make him do counseling and they're going to do all manner of different things um you could blame whoever you want to blame but that's
1: yeah but what do you think do you think it's do you think it's at the point that it's not worth it um It's getting close at least, right? I mean, I don't know if it's quite there yet, but you're at least considering it. Uh, I mean, he's got four years left in his contract for what it's worth, including this year.
0: So let me read you this, and I think this is probably the most fascinating part of the article. It would shock me if Draymond is able to avoid more incidents in the future or even in the first few weeks once he's back from a suspension. After the next incident, it's guaranteed that the NBA response would be swift and thunderous. Would the Warriors even care at that point? If he's suspended for the rest of this season, his contract essentially comes off the books and luxury tax roll. Then the Warriors will look to get out of the contract, trade him for pennies on the dollar, or just release him and take the financial hit. Because, just because it isn't worth dealing with him or the league's frustration with him any longer. Hmm. Hmm. So it's almost like, see this one through, and then, you know, right, you can do the whole, hey, this is about Draymond getting help. And maybe he does, you know, maybe he goes the straight and narrow and there's not another incident. But I mean, he's he's close on points to getting another suspension anyway. I mean, you know, the, the, the people that have, <laughs> Tim Kawakami's covered his whole career. Yeah. Right. So that's somebody that's been there and likes the guy and says, come on, like it's a matter of time. Do any of us believe that that's the last Draymond Green incident? <laughs> Truly? No. And so if you're the Warriors, you go, all right, we're going to roll with him. We're going to stand by him. He's going to come back from this. And then, like he says, that's the, that's, the, that's the money quote in this article to me where it says, if he's suspended for the rest of this season, his contract essentially comes off the books and luxuri- luxury tax roll. Would the Warriors even care at that point? You know, it's almost like, hey, play this thing out. He'll get, you know, and if he does something again, the league's going to the, the the league's taking care of this right now. And then the league will take care of it again. I don't think. he'll. <laughs> what kind of odds can we get on FanDuel for the rest of his career is incident free? Come on. <laughs> like a billion to one. I know. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I you know the guy and, and and it's I get it it's a lot recently, but this is not like when when I think of people that are able to uh that, like, that really need help and you could tell like, man, this guy's really going through something, this is a different like, something's up with him, that's a different guy than I knew before, right that's not you know, this is this is somebody struggling and maybe it's off the court stuff or maybe it's whatever or maybe it's the pressures of, you know, maybe it's they're not, you know, coming out in the third quarter and dropping 25 to two runs on people anymore. And so, you know, yeah, it's frustrating. Like, you know, it's the hard part when you were the best of the best in the world and now it's a, it's a struggle and you lose a lot. Um, but in terms of this, like this guy, needs to talk to someone and he really needs to get help. I would be so much more compassionate about that if this was like, man, what's up with this guy? He's really off the he's really off the reservation recently. Is there something going on with him? Like okay, there's been more crap recently, but he's always been like this.
1: All right. All right. Okay. Like we, we, we we've we have we have been through that. So what do you think about the Warriors right now though? Like that they, like they, they have an opportunity to play the young guys. It, are there silver linings here for the Golden State Warriors? No. No, you don't think so? See, I, no. I do. Like that that's literally like my first thought for Golden State. You get a chance to look at the young guys. They've for always extended been period bad without
0: Draymond and they'll be bad.
1: But this this year this year they are not as bad without Draymond like they've had a lot of time without Draymond they have a minus six net rating on the year with Steph and Draymond on the floor a minus one net rating with Steph on the floor without Draymond like it's not like they've been horrible without Draymond so far this season they've still they've actually been statistically better without Draymond they've been like in the pluses like a plus six without Steph or Draymond on the floor with all those young guys that's why I'm just I'm just intrigued to see the the way the team team looks For better I know, or worse, I, he's the I know. leader. I know. He's and the heart was, and soul. And this is a longer, longer time period without him, which is where those problems could show through even more than right. they did prior, right? So I, I agree with you there. But I, at the least, I just think these young guys need time, and they deserve time, especially Pods and Moody. Kaminga's gotten some minutes, but Moody should be playing 25-plus minutes. Pods should be playing 30-plus minutes every single night. There's so few guys in that team that can shoot, dribble, make quick decisions, play on and off ball. Pods is one of them. And I think he fits this system, and I am just very intrigued to see what he can do with more opportunity. Now that Draymond, the touches that he gets as a ball handler in that half-court offense, they're not there anymore. There's more for Pods, more for CP, more for Steph. I just look forward to seeing the way these young guys look over however long it is without Draymond.
0: I will say, that's fine. But this is a team that we thought, you still don't want to see them when it comes playoff time. Now, it got progressively worse and worse as this season has gone on. But how they will not be a playoff team if C is out a long time. Right? They're already on the outside looking in anyway. And the clay thing is hanging out there too. You know, it'd be different, but he wasn't taken care of. And now you've got that Shams report saying they offered him two and forty-eight and now there's nothing kind of on the table. So I mean, jeez. Like they mm-hmm. they are gonna have to do some real come to Jesus stuff over the course of the next between now and February.
1: Uh well, I mean, their GM Mike Dunleavy said before the game, I think earlier today, like even before Steve Kerr spoke, he's like, you know, the next fifteen to twenty games are an evaluation period for us. He's pretty much saying without directly calling out clay and chris paul and andrew wiggins hey y'all got 15 to 20 games to show who you are still or else we're gonna make changes to to build around this guy who's still a top five talent in the nba that's the translation of what he said so again like that's that's why i'm just I'm well, so you already interested. wrote an
0: article saying it was over. What, like, two uh, I didn't, I, two weeks I didn't say now. it was
1: over. I said that it, it, this current iteration looks like it's almost over, and that yeah. they might have to make major changes. I don't think it's necessarily over for Stephen Curry. I do think it's over for not. Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green as the big three. They right. need to make it. They need to make a change in order to keep winning with Stephen Curry uh, in, in that in that current uh, configuration that they have.
0: All right. So, how about this, Kev? I would present to you that that's the blessing in disguise. If you're right about that, and I don't have any reason to disagree, I mean, they've had those three and they've lost 12 of 17. I mean, this is not, (laughs) it's not good enough. It's not good enough now that this would then spurn on something that was going to be a very, a much harder decision to make. Oh, yeah. Those are legends forever Mm -hmm. at that, in that arena with that fan base uh, for that franchise. And it is hard to break that up. You know, they all want to retire warriors and they all want to be able to do it together, ride into the sunset and maybe take another run at it. And maybe you would have looked at this and gone, you know what, our problem's not that triumphant as much as we've got to figure out a way to augment things and make it better around them. Because Wiggins isn't good enough anymore for it,
1: and, and Chris Paul is not providing the scoring that they needed.
0: Right. So we've got to whether that is internal or whether that is, you know, leasing out. We've got to go build out around this, and we're going to take another run with these guys. These guys, because when you get to a playoff series and you got to beat them four out of seven, you still got the best player on the floor most nights,
1: mm-hmm. and, and like and, and and Clay and Draymond could be three of the best five but I don't think that they can be you know three of the the top three with Steph being the other one uh, I like I like, like you just need someone better than those guys
0: well and tonight was the highlight where it's like okay Wiggins goes to the bench I mean you go back to their title run a few years ago Wiggins was the second best player on the team yeah
1: legitimately was the second best player and, on the team and he's been bad this year and, and he's fallen back into some really bad habits, too, from his Minnesota days. The amount of, like, mid-range pull-offs that he's taken out of the flow of the offense. It's like, what the hell are you doing, man? What happened to all, everything you learned with the Warriors?
0: Well, and he was mysteriously out of the mix completely last year, you remember. Yeah, that's when I... I, I he's just like, gone. He's gone, yeah. yeah. He's just gone. Mm-hmm. And then came back. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they went out with the... What? I mean, they knocked off the Kings, and then they kind of went out with a whimper in the next round. And so now maybe this is just an agent for change. I don't know.
1: For what it's worth with Wiggins, his years with the Warriors, he took 35% of his shot attempts from three in his first year with the Warriors, up to 39%, up to 43% last season, and now he's back down to 28% of his shot attempts from three-point range. And the last time it's been that low was his final season with Minnesota. Wow! It's just like weird how he's just gone right back to that after becoming this 3 and D guy, like a 3 and D plus guy. Like what the hell has gone wrong with him? Today's episode of the mismatch is brought to you by Hulu plus live TV.
0: Draymond wasn't the only guy that got mad over the course of the last week. In (laughs) maybe the most stunning turn of events, on Sunday, I am watching football, and I watch Patrick Mahomes losing his mind. And many times I have told you that there are kind of, you know, Curry, uh, Mahomes, Giannis, they're kind of all in this class of, like, universally beloved and respected and never really do anything, you know, off the field, off the court. They never have any drama particularly around them. They're all just kind of, you know, everybody, they're awesome and everybody likes them. And two of those three within the last week have had like the moment where it's like, what the hell? Mahomes with this, you know, crazy, you know, profanity-laced tirade about the officials that was, you know, miscast. What a crybaby.
1: He was off sides. <laughs> you, baby. And I, then, everybody, everybody says Tom Brady's complained about the refs over the years, which he has. Never <laughs> anything that goofy. I mean, uh, come on. He was off sides.
0: And then you have Giannis dragging people through the <laughs> tunnel. And I got to tell you, I had the most hilarious experience uh, watching that unfold so you know how you're like scrolling on your phone and you're just speed scrolling you're looking through stuff or whatever so the video pops up and like it's one of those like auto plays and all i'm seeing is Giannis flying into the tunnel and i'm uh and my my phone's on mute so i'm like oh my god He's like, uh, it a looks fight. like a guy running a to get fight. into a fight. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, holy hell. Giannis got a fight. And then I read the story about him. It's about a basketball. And I'm like, what? What is going on? And then you see the just intense pettiness <laughs> of all of this. Giannis scores 64. Incredible. Now, Franchise I,
1: record for the Bucs.
0: And you and I were texting about this last, last evening. It's like the Bucks. I guess this is a this goes in the good column for Adrian Griffin because we bitched at the uh play or at the uh, IST that like uh Giannis was like thirteen for nineteen and totally unstoppable. Why aren't you force feeding him? And then you get to the next game and it's like, wow, this team is flying guys at Halliburton, getting the ball out of his hands. Why didn't you do that? And at least it appears as if Adrian Griffin watched Anthony Davis go crazy, watched them get the ball out of Halliburton. Taylor. He's like, you know what? Maybe we should try that. <laughs> and so he got another shot at it.
1: And he played Andre Jackson more often in the game too. Andre Jackson yeah. was a big part of that in the first half, even though he picked up like four fouls in 15 minutes. I thought he played really well, but like the Giannis part of it, hilarious with the, with the Griffin, but the Griffin part, like. This let's just say that was game one last th- last Thursday, right when they lost, or last last Thursday, right? Yeah, last Thursday, yep. game one they lose. They didn't feed Giannis enough. They didn't they didn't make the right defensive adjustment going to the zone in the second half, even though it got him back into the game. It wasn't quite enough. The Pacers cracked that code. Then game two, essentially this right. week. Then game two, they went with the proper strategy, forcing the ball out of his hands. Andre Jackson getting minutes, and most of all. Like you said, the Giannis adjustment where they're just feeding him touches all game long. He had 91 touches in essentially game two versus 71 touches in game one last week in the IST. So they gave him a massive amount of more touches in the game. Massive amount more of shot opportunities. Let him go to work. Let him attack that smaller Pacers front court, back court. Every position is small on the Pacers. It doesn't matter. And look at the results. A, a Bucks franchise record <laughs> and, there were, and we got gifted with some drama.
0: <laughs> okay, so we did get dr- gifted with some drama. And uh, Now, let me just say, I went, this is why I got so excited. I love the drama. I love that we might be developing some like real animosity oh, and rivalries. Yeah. I mm-hmm. went and looked. Oh, you're going to love this. If you, if for, for those that have not looked, I immediately went and looked. I'm like, when do they play again? Yo. January, right? Twice? Dude, it's back-to-back, home-home.
1: Oh, baby, let's go. Right?
0: It's the first week of January, <laughs> and they play a home-and-home back-to-back, or like you know, two games in a row. I think there's a day in between. But they play against each other, and I was like, oh, this is so good because now there's real smoke. You had the whole Halliburton-Dame time thing, and so you knew the Bucks were mad. Then they're hard fouling him. Thanasis is acting like he wants to run on the court and fight in that game. And so there was a lot of animosity building up throughout the game and the hard fouls on Giannis. And then the whole ball saga at the end where (laughs) Giannis sets the franchise record, wants the ball, the ball is run away with, and he takes this as a personal affront. Uh, And then the Pacers... Carlisle comes out and said, oh, we got the ball because Oscar Chibwe made his first bucket or what I, 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 I texted a couple different NBA players. I've never heard of that. I know Richard Jefferson went on ESPN, but I mean, I've been at games at covering games like in football. There's a bunch of game balls. And so people get game balls, right? A guy gets his first touchdown and then the equipment manager goes and make sure he gets the game ball or something like that. Right. Your first touchdown or your first touchdown pass or something like that. Because there's a bunch of balls. You got Tom Brady knows. He deflated all of them. But in. So
1: stupid. That's, but
0: in. That's, that's the dumbest controversy in,
1: of all time. But in basketball, get the hell out there's
0: all basketball. I, I
1: don't. It's ridiculous.
0: I don't remember. I, I'm just saying I've never seen it. And I spent 15 years in locker rooms. I have never seen a guy get a ball for his first. NBA basket. I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but it's not a thing. That's not a thing. And by the way, Oscar Seaboy was like, 0 for 2 with a free throw. Shut the hell up. Like, this is just them being petty. It was petty. They took the ball on purpose. And I love it. I love it that it's that petty. I mean, I think it's kind of BS, and I think he should get the ball, because it's a moment in history, and I understand commemorating that. But His 64 franchise record is much more significant than Oscar Sheboy's free throw that he made. Like, give me a break. It was all just about being dick. They were being dicks. They were. Of course. And
1: and I guess guess for Giannis, it may may have been about more than just the 64 points. Because I saw someone tweet out a photo of a ball. That he had had after a game before where it was like signed to his, you know, deceased father to his mother, like saying this Mm. is for you to their dad. And I guess apparently he gives some of the game balls to his mom. Uh, As a gift, saying like this: "This is for for him." This and 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 like today, I scored forty four points. Was like I think the ball years ago. I guess maybe this one he signs says And today I scored sixty four points. It's just a. It seems to be a family thing, um, for him. Which I guess I guess I can see why <laughs> if he loses his mind over it's it. It's also not unreasonable for him to want that ball. Of course, well, it's sixty four points. It's a franchise record. I'm sorry, I, Oscar Sheboy.
0: <laughs> and I think. If they'd have just been cool about it, he probably doesn't get that angry, but I'm not defending his anger. I mean, his, his anger went too far.
1: I loved him screaming at Halliburton. Yeah, like,
0: that's crazy. <laughs> like, there's a way to go about it and say, hey, he,
1: he this is important to mind. me.
0: I want this ball. <laughs> but he knew, the reason he lost his mind is because he knew you guys are just trying to be dicks.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's, 100%. No, there's no It's
0: the only reason that ball's not right here. And then coming up with the cockamamie, we got that for Oscar Shibuya. Oh, stop. Stop. Come on. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. I asked three different guys if they had their ball from their first bucket. And they were like, what? What? Like, they didn't even feel stupid asking for it. They were
1: just being petty. That's all there is. They were just being petty. You're 100% yes. right. The Pacers were being petty, and, and hopefully this plays into the the birth of a rivalry between the Pacers and the Bucks.
0: Yep. All right, so we're recording, as you said, uh, right now, where they're in the second quarter. It's a three-point game between the Clippers and the Warriors. We're seeing the Warriors without Draymond Green. Clippers uh, been good. Yeah, the Clippers have been really good. There's something that we for sure wanted to uh, point out because they are 5-0 and o leading into this. Seems like they have started to figure some stuff out with their ten of, roster. 10 of their last
1: 13, too, I
0: believe, right? Well, and most importantly, they have treated their best player like their best player, and he has delivered like their best player. I was very fascinated that, like, you know, even when they first made the Harden deal, Ty Lue was like, Kawhi Leonard is our best guy. And as we, you know, we will go as he goes. And like, there, like this is not a equal opportunity, Paul George, James Harden, or whatever. Like, oh, we got three. Like, he's the guy. And the last five games, we've gotten vintage Kawhi, 29 points a game, five rebounds, five assists, 60% from the field. 52% from 3 and 100% from the free throw line. I mean that is and and honestly like it, you can even go back the last 8 games. He's been great. Like the, we have gotten Kawhi's uh, he's turned it back a little bit now. Um, Do you
1: remember last year Chris when this happened? Remember yeah. like he was like missing all these games earlier in the year. He didn't look the same when he was playing and then in, in the middle of December Kawhi suddenly Flipped the switch and turned into a 26-point-per-game guy on elite efficiency, looking like Michael Jordan out there all through the playoffs until he got hurt for the first couple games in the postseason. And that's exactly what has happened this year, minus the missed games. He didn't miss the games earlier in the season, but he was not quite the same way he was that finished last season. But now he's even better. He's like a 29, 30 point per game guy, shooting like absurd percentages. He's like 50-50-90. He's like 50% above the field, 50% from three, 90% from the free throw, and getting wherever he wants on the floor. Kawhi, uh, like this is this is this is the version of Kawhi Leonard that the Clippers need in order to people feel like they can win a championship. Like, you need this Kawhi.
0: Because as we've said and I think we have already discounted him as, but we've said it a hundred times on this show over the last eight seasons. In the end, you got to have one of the five best guys.
1: And right now he is, like at this current moment.
0: Right. You got to have one of the five best guys. hmm And then you got a chance at the title. And that, might, that guy might be playing like one of the five best guys in the league, right? Like Jimmy Butler plays like one of the five best guys in the league for a good portion of the playoffs right and then in the end it's not enough he gets trumped by the best guy in the league but history tells us that very rarely are you ever going to find a team that you can't make the argument and I got to tell you as you were talking I'm sorry for laughing but in the background I see Daniel Tice screaming and he went in for a uh, he went in for a, a rebound, and Chris Paul just leveled him. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, so Draymond's gone, and now Chris Paul gets to do that." Like now we're gonna get the Chris oh, Paul moments. Gosh. So unbelievable, so unbelievable.
1: <laughs> oh, he got a flagrant four. <laughs>
0: yeah, they got a flagrant. So he's got. Like, they haven't lost their edge yet.
1: Uh, I'm watching the clip right now.
0: Draymond goes out, and Chris Paul comes in. Yeah. Tice goes in for a rebound. Paul just like pushes him it's hysterical. <laughs> uh, that's what was going on in the background while we're recording this.
1: Uh, I don't know if that's a flag. I like, I like the aggression on a box out. I like the little guy boxing out.
0: It wasn't really box out. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of just cool. pushed him down.
1: Maybe it's the one angle anyway. that I'm
0: seeing, but you know, what's the ceiling for the Clippers? Is this just a hot run, and we're gonna be, uh, and we're gonna look back at this and go, "Hey, remember when they won six or seven in a row, and Kawhi was playing so awesome?" Or do I think, you think the, that I, I think the is answer is
1: simple. It's it's simple. If Kawhi Leonard is thirty plus point per game guy on elite efficiency, they can be a championship team. It's mm. that
0: simple. Yeah. Well, he's certainly been amazing recently. I guess the whole thing is, what's the sustainability of this?
1: hundred percent. Can he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy? Can he sustain it?
0: I will say this, because we've been hard on the Clippers. I like that he's able to do it with James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Paul George. And I know Paul George isn't even playing tonight, but like, I like the fact that they might be able to, you know, that this is something that they might be able to pull off with him being the guy. And then other guys mm-hmm. kind of falling back a little bit, right? Um, and and Harden, when I mean, you got also, that kind of consistent output, it seems as if it can happen. We know it can happen. Where well, it's and like hard, Harden's also
1: been better too, like in that yes. role next to yep. him,
0: right? Yep, uh, Houston has been one of the hotter teams. They have been 4 and 1 in their last 5 games. I watched them play against Memphis last night. I'll see him in person tomorrow night. The Dylan Brooks return, but the reason I am uh bringing up the Houston Rockets is because they uh are eliciting some rumors as to what they might want to do with their roster uh tomorrow and going forward because it kind of marks the unofficial start of trade season. I was reading an article today. It mentioned like some of the guys, like whether it's Jeff green or Jock Landell or, you know, guys that they had signed and like, okay, maybe they move some stuff around because they try to get from where they are to where they want to be. Though they have had a drastic improvement this year. And while Houston has been good recently, great at home, miserable on the road um you look at them and i see those contracts and i'm like you know what they there there's probably some of these teams that are in the middle like them that are going to try to go for it and try to improve their teams and then there's these other ones that are going to get all this focus on uh these next couple of weeks and those are first of all the raptors and the bulls seems like we're in we're in Raptors Bulls coup pipe season already. Uh Levine didn't play tonight. DeRozan did. But you've got DeRozan, you've got Levine there. You've Caruso. got Caruso. Yep, yeah, Caruso. Two major components in Toronto in Siakam and OG Ananobi um as possible uh moving parts. And so what do you make of it uh with now guys that have been signed Everybody's available to be traded, for the most part, starting tomorrow. And you also have uh, the stories coming out about like guys that have not been able to come to contract extensions. And so that informs us, like, okay, now we're kind of between now and February, and we know this team is going to try to get assets back and doesn't want to lose said players for nothing. What do you make of it? Uh, Both the Raptors and the Bulls.
1: Uh, I mean, we talked a lot about DeRozan on the last pod, so, you know, kind of leave that to our past conversation, but I think with, with Levine, I know Michael Pina and, and his article today on the ringer, like suggested Zach Levine to the Pistons for Jaden, Ivey, Joe Harris, and Alec Burks, like just, you know, kind of like get the Pistons, a, a higher upside score next to Cade, Ivy, get him in a new situation. Um. I heard when I was in Vegas that the Lakers aren't really that in on him. Like, Levine and Clutch might be in on the Lakers, but my impression is that the Lakers aren't in on Levine. I don't really know what the best fit is for for Zach Levine. Like, looking league-wide, I still look at the Sixers, and I remain intrigued there. With the backcourt fit next to Tyrese Maxey, having them both fly around Joel Embiid, I think Embiid, you know, having him and at, at the back line and having Kelly Oubre and all their guards and wings that they have, uh that covering on the wings, I, th- I I'm, I'm still intrigued by the, by the Sixers.
0: I think that is the best fit because he's do. not. Then you're not counting on him. Yeah, not at all. You're just highlighting his greatest strengths. That's right. He is an asset for you. But he's he doesn't even have to be your one or two, even.
1: And and I don't know, like but who like who else besides that? Like the Detroit idea that Pina had, like, I get it. I, I think it's a solid idea, but I would not I, I could see the Pistons doing it. I would not do it if I were Detroit. I would not do that, but I could see them doing it. I just I just have a hard time looking around the league and seeing a fit for Zach Levine. There's like a lot of teams that already have guys that can kind of do what he does for their teams. I, I don't know, like the Philly Philly you don't like the Lakers thing. I don't. I don't love the Lakers fit unless they can also get Caruso in the deal too.
0: But what if you could package up like you know if you're not losing anything that you really care about like Russell? Well, if I'd ra- if I'm
1: the Lakers, I'd rather get DeRozan and Caruso. I would do something like DeRozan oh. and Caruso for. D'Lo and Rui or D'Lo and Vincent and Hood Shafino, like some combination of, of players that work financially. What if uh, they ask for what, Reeves? No.
0: You wouldn't? No.
1: Not a chance.
0: Even to get those? You don't think no. that better equips you to
1: beat Denver, who wiped the floor with you? I think you need to keep Austin Reeves. He's too important to your team. Unless like it's an obvious upgrade. I'm not sure he's an obvious you know, uh, but are they good enough right Jesus. now?
0: Are they good enough right now? Are they better equipped to beat Denver than they were a year ago? No,
1: not necessarily. No, but like Denver also needs to prove that they're as great as they were last season too.
0: Yeah, well, maybe so.
1: But they do. I do think the Lakers need to make a move. Yes, I do. I do. But I just, I, I don't know. I don't. I. I don't think it's Levine. I, I think it's more DeRozan Caruso. Or one of those two. Well, Maybe DeRozza, DeRozza,
0: you know DeRozan would love it. He's an L.A. guy. and I
1: Absolutely would. And
0: it'd fall off your books. hmm Right? Or or yep. you might actually, he might be one of those guys that's at the point of his career where you could get him on an
1: unbelievable the, the, deal. The mid-level. you get him for right. $12 million annually, potentially. you and get him you on, on a an unbelievable
0: bargain. deal because he's back home. Yes. He's in L.A. Competing for he's, championships. Yeah, competing right? for championships, yes. right? Yeah. To I, me, to I, me like, honestly, that's the guy
1: I want to go for if I'm the Lakers, is DeRozan Caruso. Uh, I would
0: rather have DeMar DeRozan than Zach Levine. If you're the Lakers or just in general for any team? Any team. Right now? Even, even the Sixers? He is the better. Even, ass- even Philly. Even yes. Philly. See, with he-
1: Philly I'd rather Levine, which is
0: the no. weird part of it. No, because of his contract. I, I understand Levine's there. got the monster contract. Like, DeRozan's is falling off my bo- It's reasonable and falling off my books if it doesn't work. Fair, fair,
1: fair. That's very That's fair. That's why, yeah.
0: uh, to me, he is the he's the asset. Yeah, and then
1: and then you could resign him for like twenty million, like or even fifteen million potentially. If you're the Lakers, it's a hometown discount,
0: right? Or if you win big, you could also possibly get him at a at a reasonable price. He's made a fortune over the course of his career. He's kind of like you know now he's he's this is now like it's winning time, yeah. And it's and also, and he's still a good player for sure. He's still a guy that could give forty last week <laughs> in a game. So I mean. This guy mm-hmm. is still a bucket. Yeah. I, um, yeah. And uh, what about, what about Siakam and, uh, and Ananobi? Do you think that Masai played this wrong? Cause, do probably you think the, the value didn't go up on those guys. No. Value's not up now.
1: With Siakam, I'm intrigued by Indiana. Indiana for Siakam makes some sense to me because he could do some two man game stuff with Halliburton. Ideally, mm. you'd rather have someone a little bit bigger than Siakam. Like, who can run DHOs with him and all that type of stuff, like you see with Jokic and Jamal Murray, or, you know, your former center, DeMonte Sabonis, with all their guys that they have at the guard spot Fox, Monk, all that. Um, But Siakam, Halliburton, two man game stuff could be really fun.
0: You think it's still five first round picks for uh, OG and Anobi, or no? No, it's not. Oh, you don't think so? No, I don't think so. I saw an article where it said that Mark Spears mentioned Keldon Johnson as kind of an odd guy out in San Antonio. If somebody moves, I love Keldon Johnson.
1: Yeah, he's rock solid.
0: I take a run at him if I'm somebody, if I'm a team out there and needs a wing.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think Keldon Johnson is one of those guys who he's just like almost too far ahead for where the Spurs are and will be the next couple of years. Yeah, he's like it's just such a good two way guy. When they and got Vassell, got they got lot.
0: Sohan, and it's kind of like, where does he fit amongst? It, you know, you gotta, you gotta. They're figuring out who they're gonna dedicate to. Are you building this yeah. out with Vassell, Sohan, and Wemby? And right, then there is an odd man out.
1: Sure, and you could also get a good amount for him in return too, because he is one of those guys who you project him as a a good fit for a championship team. And you want to talk salaries? He makes twenty million this year then 19 million and then 17.5 million and then 17.5 million again. So he hits free agency in 2027. And at that point, he's only going to be uh, 28 years old. Like he's still young yeah. and he's on a, a descending contract. So for the Spurs, like you could, you could make the argument that it makes sense to keep him um, for that particular reason. But, if you're another team, that also increases his value even more with his youth and his current skill set and his salary if you feel like you're actually contending over the next two, three, four years.
0: Well, and if you're not going anywhere, he's a guy you could really get assets for, as you said. He's yeah, got value. For sure. He's got value. Yeah. I 100%,
1: like 100%. So when I, I saw too.
0: I perked up when I saw his name out there. I'm like, wow. Keldon Johnson, maybe. So you if know? Keldon
1: Johnson is available, right? Let's just yep. say he, he is available. Okay. Isn't isn't he the type of guy that might actually be more intriguing for like talking about the Sixers with Levine and we're talking about the Lakers with DeRozan. isn't Keldon Johnson actually the more intriguing fit for those teams and basically any other team that is trying to add something because of the skill set.
0: I, I think he fits in virtually any team anywhere 100%. You know, and, and I believe Spears brought him up in conjunction with the Warriors. Which is bingo, an interesting like, one. Bingo, and, and another like, wing, warriors, especially with the Wiggins crap. You, yes.
1: With warriors, you talk about like Siakam and Oge, but Keldon Johnson, cheaper, yeah. younger, he fits both timelines. I, I don't. I, I'm very, very intrigued by San Antonio. I feel like
0: they can get a lot for him. Actually, I think that the demand could be pretty high. So, with all of this going on, and everybody becoming virtually everybody there's some of the guys that are like january 15th or whatever but the league kind of opens up it it marks the unofficial start of trade season tomorrow friday um the ringer has this super cool thing called the offer sheet it's like one of the uh, on the nba page people could look at and it kind of names different guys rumors
1: nba rankings dot com.
0: Yeah. And it's, it names different guys and whether, uh, you know, how, how big the rumors are or not. But the, the thing that stood out to me the most when I was scrolling through, which made me think the most. And let me give credit where credit's due. uh, Justin Barrier wrote this, said, essential question. Are the Cavs missing a golden opportunity by not dangling Mitchell? And it is this mini article about Donovan Mitchell and, Cavs lost again tonight. They lost to the Celtics Celtics uh, tonight. And it's kind of about, hey, it's the worst kept secret. P- people don't think that Donovan Mitchell is going to be there long term anyway. And so are you best off that his value would be at absolute apex right now, you know, before it becomes a thing and it starts to dwindle down? And is this the golden opportunity, especially when you're in the middle? And you go, all right, we're building this out around Garland and Mobley, And that's going to be the timeline. Yes, it got sped up with our opportunity to get Donovan Mitchell. But we have our big, we have our point guard, and we're going to build this out around them. I remember when they made, what was it, the play-in a couple of years ago? I remember tweeting out, like, God, I'd love to buy stock in this. When you got a young guy like Garland and a young guy like Mobley, it's like, this is this is built to last. Those are two hard things to get as a perimeter all-star and a post-all-star and being able to team them up together. Um, and then, obviously, things have, things have changed a bit. Um, with them uh, having uh, Mitchell in the mix. But I actually think that this is super intriguing. He says, if Mitchell became available, Golden State, Indiana, the Lakers, Miami, both New York's teams, Orlando, Philly, Toronto, all probably are thinking about acquiring him in some way, shape, or form. And so I just kind of look at it and go, man, if you're 13 and 12, You know you're not better than the three best in the East. And it's going to come to the point where it's the worst kept secret that Mitchell's not going to be there long term. Boy, you could get a crazy haul for him right now. I mean, that is a great all-star, an amazing playoff performer at his absolute apex as a player. Like, he's ready to help you go win right now, and it's not the best fit there, and it doesn't necessarily fit the timeline of what Mobley will eventually become and what Garland is when he's at his absolute best. I I actually buy this. I, I was convinced, I was persuaded by reading this. Like, man, this would be, this would be a perfect time. And I actually think you could still build out a hell of a team. They don't have enough good players. They need more good players. <laughs> and so how do I build out around Garland and Mobley? This would be the way I like it. What do you think? Who were the
1: teams Justin listed in the article? Oh, he
0: listed everybody. I mean, he he said Golden State, Indiana, the Lakers, Miami, both New York teams, Orlando, Philly, Toronto, all kinds of teams, maybe even Chicago or Houston. You're like maybe a third of the league.
1: Yeah, so we listed a lot of teams there. Yep, I think
0: yeah. y- seriously, I be- <laughs> yeah. and I believe that a third I, of the league would be interested in Donovan Mitchell.
1: I think you could even add like you know like a Charlotte to the league to that list. Somebody like, a pair him with Lamelo and Brandon Miller, and then we get a high powered offense. You could add a team like that, but it needs just, to be a it, team. It, it, and it, just, it,
0: that's just the point to me, Kev. Is like you're talking about a third of the league. If you said, "Hey, he's available," you'd have a third of the league. You're going to get to the about, point. How about the where... Spurs? Terrible, terrible idea. For who? He's For not on the Wemby timeline. I'm just asking. I'm just throwing. Nah. I'm
1: just throwing a name out there. I'm not. I don't necessarily believe. I hate it. it. Okay. So okay. you. Lo- so I mentioned Hornets. You didn't scoff at that. It. So you hate it for the Hornets? You hate yeah, it for I don't
0: want. I, I, I just saw him in Garland. I don't want him in Lamelo as my backcourt. I agree.
1: How about the I'm, Magic from his list? Perfect. I think the Magic are. Because they got big guards too, but 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 you also need to consider though, will he stay? Well, that that's a difficult part. There.
0: Here, here's what here's what I take, if you moved him now. You'd have a third of the league, I believe that, third of the league going, oh, my I God. Agree. And now you're getting bidding war supreme. It's going to get to the point where the word is out, out. He ain't going to be there. Or even worse, it gets to the point where he's trying to force his way to where he wants to go. The Knicks now or you're the taking, Nets. Yeah. And now you're taking best possible deal you can get from one of those. It's like you you usurp that if you move it. You know what I mean? There, there's always that timeline.
1: I mean, isn't this what we talked about earlier in the year with the Cavs' struggles? Like they probably, at some point, if this continues, need to break up Garland or and Mitchell or Mobley and Allen. Like, it, like I think as this continues, they continue just being blah blah average. Right, they're nothing special. And here's the thing, though: even if you do move Mitchell, even if you do. Evan Mobley still has not improved in the ways they need in order for the Allen Mobley front court to be optimal. That right now the team is better with just one of those two bigs on the floor rather than both of them. That shows up in the numbers. It shows up like when you just turn on the games on your TV and you're watching the way that offense operates. Mobley needs to extend his range for it to work with the both of them. And it I hasn't agree happened with yet. you.
0: He needs to improve. I would also tell you that. Right now, um, Evan Mobley is 22 years old, and he will be a better player at 23 and 24 okay. and 25. So did, did, and did you accelerate? And did you accelerate
1: too fast? Of course you did. Going, okay, so that was the mistake was going for Mitchell in the first place then.
0: Teams always do this, but sometimes yep. it works out. I know, you know sometimes, sometimes it, it Sometimes so, it works so, out. So
1: are you willing, if you're the look, Cavs, That is Look, that okay, is the but, uh, what, sub- what, what, okay, go ahead. What, are you willing to take a step back then? That's what you're saying. If you're Cleveland, you don't need a deal that maintains your playoff footing. You're willing to take a step back, is what you're saying.
0: I don't know if I'm taking a step back with what I could get for return for him.
1: But if you lose a 30 point per game guy who's a proven playoff performer, you. you're taking a step back. Unless what if it's I like get, getting. What if,
0: I, what if I get four good players? I mean, I got <laughs> I need oh. players from that team. Look, you could speed up the timeline and Sometimes it works. Last year, it looked like, you know, they were one of the teams that it was like a home court advantage team. They got waxed by the Knicks, okay? But the best team in the league right now outside of the Celtics is a team that did that exact thing. And they've got one year to make it happen. One. In Minnesota. They sped up that timeline. And that was my argument. Mm-hmm. Bro, that, your, your best player is Anthony Edwards. We know that the best player on title teams, these guys, even the best of the best, they're usually 27, 28, 29. Absolutely. they get their first one. And so why are you doing that now? Because next year, they ain't going to be no $20 million into the luxury tax. They ain't spending $100 million on three bigs. Like, they got to win right
1: now. Can I just ask, are we sure? Despite Mitchell being a potential flight risk, are we sure he's the guy to deal and not Garland? Mitchell himself is young. You could build think, with him as part of the future with Mobley. I,
0: I think the reason that you're considering that is because, A, I think Garland can be a multi-time all-star. I still love him. I don't know why he turns the ball over like crazy now, but I still love him. And also, yes, I I think I could have him as a career player. Yeah,
1: Garland's twenty three. Yeah. Mitchell's twenty seven. If
0: I and also if I deal Darius Garland and then Mitchell leaves me in the year or two, yep, then, and I'm then, it's a, super then it's a disaster
1: around Mobley.
0: Yeah, Garland might be a like a you know li- a lifer.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, tra- trading for Mitchell was in hindsight the mistake. They tried to accelerate things too quickly, and now they need to uh, recalibrate and find the best situation for their team by moving him. I do think trading him
0: makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of teams that do that, though. I mean, and then they got to get their way out of it, right? They become... Mm-hmm. There's so many of these middle-of-the-pack teams right now. You know it's not good enough, but like... We, and we started this off with Houston, and they could really improve their roster. Uh, Atlanta, obviously, Crossroads. Gonna improve their roster. We think Toronto and Chicago will probably Brooklyn, go the other way.
1: Brooklyn, one of those teams. They, they Yeah, can make I don't moves. know
0: they, what. I don't know what you do if you're Brooklyn. Do you try to get better from right where you are right now, or do you? I don't know.
1: I mean, if you're if They're you're Brooklyn, a tough one. if you're Brooklyn, you don't <laughs> you don't have your picks until 2028. So you're not and you're going about,
0: nowhere. Yes. Yep. You're going nowhere. With what you've got. I mean, so, so how do you, I improve
1: it? You look at the Nets roster, uh, and they got everything you want except for the stars. That's right. Which are the hardest thing to find.
0: And in fairness, they built themselves to the middle once before and then got the stars with all yep. those guys. And so you might look up and go, geez, we're going to move off of all these guys, you know, that th- there's a bunch of wings that have value to other teams. Dorian Finney-Smith has value to other teams. Obviously, Bridges has value to other teams. Royce O'Neill, Yeah, they have value to other teams where you could could get something back for them, but I don't know if you could package all of it and get a star back. I don't know. Mm. You know, they did it, though, once upon a time, right? He's pulled that off before where he's just gotten a bunch of good players and they won, you know, they're a middle team. And they were fun to watch, that D'Angelo Russell-LeVert team. And then, next thing you know, they've got friggin' James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Like, how the hell did that happen?
1: I do think the timing makes sense for Brooklyn to make a move, though, because if you're them, right, if you're the Nets, if you acquire Donovan Mitchell ahead of the deadline this year, you know, you make the first round, you're a scrappy group, you look like you have upside, you you enter free agency in 2024, you don't have cap space, but you do have the expiring salary for Ben Simmons. And you could use that deal in order to say like, hey, Toronto, we'll take Pascal Siakam, you get Ben Simmons and you get a first round pick if they don't trade him ahead of the deadline. It could be like that that type of deal where it's a sign and trade for your expiring salary like if the clippers implode we're talking about them on the up and up right now but if they implode Paul George or Kawhi Leonard like that that type of deal is like there's not a lot of free agents to be clear there's just not many available this right. offseason but it does make sense to make a move now and then set up for the summer
0: mm. uh and then right as we are about to go off the air I will tell you that That aforementioned game, the Clippers are up at uh, halftime. They're up by 13. Wow. And the
1: the Kings and the Thunder in a battle. Three-point game into the third quarter at the moment. The Jazz up by 30 on the Blazers right now.
0: You ready for this? This was the first game all season long that the Portland Trail Blazers were favored. Wow. And I saw it at three and a half. It closed. It looks like at five and a half. Wow. So not only were they favored, it went up, and they're losing by (laughs) thirty. This is the first game they have been favored all season. It's crazy. Boy, Jeremy Grant, you get some real assets for him.
1: Yeah, I know. They they kind of got him on. He's a he's 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 the kind of guy
0: that would be great to plug and play for a Mm. good team, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, he okay. I see. He just got back to practice today from his con- from his concussion. Yeah. So so he must be due back very very soon. Then. Yeah. But yeah, he's another one.
0: I mean, there are another thirty. Yeah, you're gonna be. He, he's too. just he's just Asset. got that.
1: He's got that big salary. Asset accumulation,
0: though him, Brogdon, they'll just be moving all those guys.
1: I don't know, man. I'm not. Yeah, they will. I'm not totally sure. They they still suck even with them. Like they don't. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they don't. Yeah, no. But but those
0: guys those guys can help teams, and teams will give them assets for them. So they'll just rally together cap space and picks.
1: I don't know. I'm I'm not you know. I'm not sure. I'm I, I my, my impression was with Portland is that they're not in a rush to move any of those guys. Maybe Brogdon because with Brogdon he has overlap with Scoot and with, with with Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp is one of the guys getting touches on the team. So maybe Brogdon, but I don't know about moving Grant. I'm I'm not sure if they're going to do that. What a waste. Maybe but if he, if he provides infrastructure next to Scoot and helps him develop. Him, they're
0: help. losing by 30 at home to the Jets. Yeah, but he's, Grant's not playing. Grant's
1: not playing. It's because they don't have Grant out there. That's why.
0: They've been, they've been it's because they don't have Grant. In, they've been favored in one basketball game all year. <laughs> they don't, they don't have Grant. They're terrible.
1: <laughs> they are terrible. They stink. They yeah. don't stink as much as the Spurs and the Pistons, though. I cannot get over and the Wizards. Or the Wizards. Wizards are three and twenty. The Pistons are two and twenty-two. The Spurs are three and twenty, and the Grizzlies are six and seventeen.
0: Well, I feel bad for all <laughs> those players on all mm-hmm. those teams. Yeah, all Job back everybody. soon. He is doing a media availability tomorrow, so oh, that wow. will be head. That'll be headlines everywhere. I'll be at it tomorrow morning, eleven uh, fifteen central. Oh, time. you'll be he's at do, it. He's doing his first media. Availability. Are you going to ask a question? I don't know. I I probably just so my show's at noon, so I'll probably just pop in, yeah. Because I'll have to run back up to the studio. You don't, do but especially in what he's going to ask, it just questions. depends. It it depends if if I feel like there is something that is unasked, but I think that pretty much everybody yeah. knows it's going to be about you know not being there for twenty five games. What changes have you made? Like all the, I don't think that there's going to be some type of question out there that. He is not. I, that Somebody's not going to ask that. People will want answers to.
1: Should ask him if he if he saw the the trailer for Grand Theft Auto Six.
0: I, I, I'm sure he has. <laughs> I'm sure he has. He's a changed man though.
1: Yeah, he's not going to play it anymore.
0: He's a changed man. <laughs> yeah, probably doesn't play any. Play, doesn't or maybe or any maybe he'll play it
1: ready? more in order to get his fix in the Who video knows? game world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it works for a lot Seven of guys. Life. <laughs> it doesn't even come out till twenty four. read right twenty twenty five. God, I know. Why it, 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 it pisses me off when somebody puts out a trailer for something and then I can't play it for two years? I don't know. They, it's been ten years since they released five, so. But why are you putting out a trailer if it's not going to come out for two years? They did that with that golf game, and by the time the golf game came out, I didn't give a shit.
1: How old is William right now? Thirteen. He's gonna he's gonna want to play GTA Six
0: when that comes out. Oh, I know. He's gonna, he's
1: gonna be of age Trust for that me. game.
0: <laughs> you know, I found when he was little, I found it. He did a free download. On the, on, there was like a free download For thing, five? Whatever. GTA five? Yeah. And I saw wow. it, you know, so I, because the account was in my name, it emailed it to me. He was probably like, I don't know. 11 what a dummy he didn't know it was your email <laughs> <laughs> it showed up it showed up on my email it said thank you for your download of grand theft auto i went up to him i said what the hell is this
1: he learned his lesson he's like, there he's like oh my my friends were playing it, and <laughs> I'm like, kids,
0: man, get, get kid, that off there kids have no idea how to lie I'm like, get that <laughs> off of there, man! What is wrong
1: with you? I saw I saw a video posted the other day. It was like Instagram Reels or something of some kid going home. And he ob- he opens his backpack and he's saying, "Oh my, re- I lost my report card, mom! Oh, <laughs> so, god. I, I put it in my bag and fell out of my bag. It must have fallen out." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Kids don't know yeah. how to lie at that age.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. Trust me,
1: <laughs>
0: they're the worst. Uh, yeah. but-, but also the best. Yeah, From I the got worst. them all. I got it. I got it off of there. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm excited. I'm hoping there's going to be. I think I. I would not be surprised if we get early movement in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think so too. Like, before Christmas, even like it wouldn't shock hits. me at all. Not at all. No. There's One been bit. guys sitting out of games. There's been like guys sitting out with injuries that aren't very clear. Like mm-hmm. I just feel like there's some guys around the league that have kind of maybe been put on ice as to not screw up some things that they yes. know can happen post-tomorrow.
1: This might not be a trade season in which a star gets dealt, but it will be a trade season that is active, I would expect.
0: For sure. Especially with the way the luxury tax and the new cap is. Bingo. Yeah. It's now, I think now, probably more than ever, you've got guys that are just working on those cap sheets overtime. Because now it is punitive. That's why we were talking about earlier with the Minnesota thing. Like, you can't make a salary reduction move with the team you've got this year. You can't. But under any other circumstances, you probably would. Just knowing what's ahead. But you just got to let this ride. Try to win the title with it. And then you deal with it. You See know.
1: Nas Reed tonight. Nas Reed, uh, twenty-seven points on seven of of
0: eleven from three-point range. Well, that's a, dude. They got those three guys a hundred million on mm-hmm. centers next year. <laughs> <laughs> like it's untenable. Uh, yeah, and so you crazy. would typically make a move. You can't make a move with that. You gotta ride that thing out. And they got new owners and everything, right? So we're about to find out if a Rod's got them deep pockets.
1: Luca had thirty-nine tonight. That dude is
0: on one right now man post baby his numbers are freakish man thank you to our executive producer jesse lopez as always kevin i will talk to you next week have a great weekend
1: Must be 21 plus and in president select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP53342 in Arizona. Call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. Call 1-800- Nine with it in Indiana. Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. Call 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Or call one 877 8 hope